1 John chapter 5, 18 through 21, and here we go. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come and have given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true. And we are in Him that is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. 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 Precious Lord, thank you. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love and your peace. Thank you for uh, uh, the church, Father God. You said in, in Ephesians, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. He died for it. There's no perfect wives. There's no perfect churches. But there is a perfect Jesus Christ who died not only for the church, but for our marriages. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So here we go. Verse number 19. John wanted you to know. If we go all the way through 1 John chapter 5, we'll find we know, we know, we know. I don't know exactly how many times, but at least 10 or 11. He wanted you to know. We live in a day and age of uncertainty. There's so much uncertainty around. You know, we got the COVID and we don't we don't know what the vaccine work or natural antibodies is better than the vaccine. We don't know the side effects. You got variants coming from all over the world. We don't know about the mask, whether the mask work or don't mask. Now they want to vaccine our children. Folks lining up too. We just don't know. We don't know what's going to happen to our children. We, if we don't vaccinate them, if we do vaccinate them. Here's one thing John said you better know. He says, you better know if you are of God. Amen. That's what he said. And he's, this is almost a summary of the whole book. And the whole book is about knowing God. And we don't want to leave here. We need to know God. So verse 19, he says, and we know that we are of God in the whole world, life and wickedness. Now, the question I have for the verse, and I talk to the Bible. I talk to verses when I'm studying, I'm talking to these verses and I'm thinking about you guys and I'm talking to these verses because I know you guys have questions that you may not be able to ask on Sunday morning. So I try to answer the questions that I would have. If I was sitting in your place. How will we know? How would we know that we are of God? And the Bible is clear. You need to know. And I have seven points. Now, if I get through all seven of these this morning, that would be a small feat. Okay? But we know that we are of God because we were delivered. We know that we were of God because there was a time we were in darkness. We know that we, were, we are of God because we were called. We know that we are of God because we are constantly contending 
We're in a fight. We're in a battle. Jude says we ought to contend for the faith. We know that we are of God because we are persecuted for what we believe. We know we are of God because we have an appetite. We have an appetite for the word of truth. Last one. We know that we are of God because we love the public worship of God. How about that? We love the public worship of God. I hear people say, well, you don't have to go to church. You the church. You know, church is just a building. No, no, no. No. People who love God love being in church. Love hearing the word of God preached. John in John 3 24 says this about knowing God or knowing that you are of God. He says, he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him and he in him and hereby we know that he abideth in us. That word abide, that word abide means he's taking up residence. Do you feel him? Do you feel his presence? Do you feel his presence when you are out and about? Do you feel that? You feel close to him? I I wrote this down. I didn't know Jackie was coming today. I sit there and watch. I watched Daniel yesterday. Jackie moved. He moved. He right there. He right there. And and, and I just thought about it because, you know, that's that's the relationship we have with the Holy Spirit. It's just an illustration of the relationship we have because the Holy Spirit, if if you move, the Holy Spirit move. Okay? Now, often when I see Sydney, she put on clothes and Karina put on. I say, where y'all going? Or where you going? Okay? Because I'm like... I'm like symbolic of the Holy Spirit because I want to know where my wife is going. Okay? Paul, I'll be remiss. I heard this yesterday. You gotta preach. You gotta say Paul a few times. Yeah, I gotta say Paul a few times because I love Paul. I love the Apostle Paul. I'm not, I ain't no shame in my game. Okay? Paul says this. He says this. He says, but ye are not in the flesh. Romans 8, 9. But in the spirit, in his soul that the spirit of God dwell in you. It's taking up residence in you. Now, we talk about knowing God. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Okay? She don't stay with me today, this Interesting. I said you got to be delivered. You want to know if you are of God. How do we know that we are of God? You've been delivered. Let me tell you something. Some things you won't forget. If you've been delivered, you're going to know you've been delivered. Okay? Watch what Colossians says. Who have delivered us from the power of darkness. Anybody remember how strong the power of darkness was? Okay? The grip that it had on us, the grip that it had on us. Let me say something. If something has a grip on you, you will know when you've been delivered from that grip. Okay? Paul says, who have delivered us from the power of darkness. I just want to tell you, darkness got power. So you see people out there struggling in darkness, struggling with sin, struggling with it. Now, don't, don't, don't take it lightly. Don't, don't condemn them because darkness has power. Yeah. 
Okay? Darkness had power. Not only that, Paul says, who have delivered us from the power of darkness. Now watch this. And have translated us unto the kingdom of God. Let me tell you something. You will know if you've been translated. Somebody said, what's that word translated mean? That word translated means you have been converted. Okay? You have been changed. You have been turned. You have repented and you are moving in a different direction. You know that. You know that. If you're ever riding a bike and, 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 and if you, you see a grade in front of you or a hill in front of you, you know when you're going up. And when you get to the peak of that hill, you will know when you're going down. Okay? You will know if you've been changed. You will know if you've been translated. Don't, don't think that the enemy is that strong. You will know if you've been delivered. Okay? First Thessalonians 5, 5. I thought this was an interesting verse. Talking about, talking about how do we know that we are children of God? Watch what Paul says here. He says, you are the children of light. How about that? You are the children of light. Really what he means is you are an enlightened people now. We were talking about this in Sunday school. You know, people say, well, the word of God ain't sweet to me. The word of God don't hold my attention. The word of God I'm not really interested in because you have not been enlightened. Okay? You are the children of light. And the children of of the day. Then he, then he puts that in there. The children of the day. You know what that means? The children of the day means when the day of judgment come. You have no fear. Because you are children of the day. Okay. The day is the day that we look forward to as believers. You are children of the day. And he says we are not. We are not of the night. Nor of darkness. How do we know? How do we know that we are known of God or we, that we know God? How, do, how about that? How about that? We were sometimes darkness. We lived in darkness. We gave off no light. Anybody remember them days? Anybody remember a time where somebody would have came to you for advice or maybe it was going through a trial and, and you had nothing to offer them spiritually or biblically? Okay? The only thing you brought to the situation was more darkness. Think about that. The only thing we had to offer was darkness because we were in darkness. We were dark people. Okay? So if somebody came to you with an issue, with a problem, we couldn't give them a biblical response because we didn't have one. We could only offer them what maybe, you know, we've heard on Oprah or Dr. Phil, you know, or, you know, if you watch Stephen L. Smith, what would he say? Okay, somebody crazy like that. Hmm. Paul says, for you were sometimes darkness. I like that. You are sometimes darkness, Paul. Ephesians 5, 8. He says, but now, but now you are light in the Lord. Watch this. This is a command. I talk about the 1,550 commands in the Bible. Here's one. Walk as children of light. 
think I heard that. I think I heard that being prayed this morning. As Christians, we ought to walk like Christians. We ought to walk as children of light. You know, people say, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I just I just keep it to myself. Listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. God has not called any secret agent Christians. Okay? Seriously. We, we don't, we don't, we're not wearing camouflage and we, you know, we on our job and nobody knows we're a Christian. And, and you know, when we at, we, we at our workplace or wherever we go, nobody knows we're people of God. That's not, that's not how it goes. Amen. That's not how it goes. Philippians 2.15, here's a great verse. He said that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke. In the midst, in the midst, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. You know what we live in now? A crooked and perverse nation. And if you call yourself a Christian and nobody knows you're a Christian in a dark and crooked and perverse nation, you better fall on your knees and ask God to give you some light. Okay, because it is so easy today to recognize someone who is not a part of this crooked and perverse world. Then he finishes and says, "Whom among whom among whom you ought to shine as lights in the world?" Okay. I look for light. When I talk to somebody, I listen to somebody talk. I'm looking. For, I'm listening for light. Okay. Now I'm a I'm a member of the NRA. Okay. Oh, I I'm a member of the NRA. Okay. I believe the Second Amendment. I believe you ought to have a right to bear arms and to protect yourself. Okay. Now, I watched in the Kyle Rittenhouse, the guy who shot the three people. I, I thought he was not guilty. You know, I applauded the decision, and I know that's not popular among everybody, but I thought he was, had a right to defend himself. But I listened to him. I listened to him on the TV talking, on, and I listened for about an hour. And I heard him, I heard him say, you know, he was in the jail for 90 days. He didn't take a shower, none of that stuff. And, and, and I listened and I listened and I watched him when they made the decision. Not guilty. I seen him crying and LeBron said he was eating lemon heads and he was crying. Amen. And I kept listening. And I never, I never... Heard him say, hmm. Now, listen, let me tell you something. The media and, 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 and all, they wanted him found guilty. They wanted him found guilty. I thought he was going to be found guilty. I, I, they, they wanted him. Okay? And then I listened to him. Crying and trembling, fell down on his knees, got up. I never heard him through that hour and a half, two hour interview. I never heard him once. Thank God. Thank Jesus. Thank the Lord for anything. Never. Second Corinthians 17. Let me tell you something. The Bible says, he said, for godly sorrows. Work of repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world. Work it down. God has been good to everybody in this church. 
I know everybody in this church. See, there's a there's a blessing to be part of a small church because I know everybody in this church. I know what everybody has been through. I know what everybody going through. I know I know probably too much of some of y'all's business. But First Peter two nine says this, and I thought this was fascinating because I know where I, I know the hole I came out of. Peter writing to these folks. He says this. And I've read this verse many times. But this part of it jumped at me today like never before. He says, but you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people. Now, that's all good. Here's the part. Here's the part that got me. And this is not a suggestion. I got to tell you, the Bible is a book of commands. He says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Then he, then he put a semicolon there and says this, that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We ought to be Biblical show-offs. We, 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 know, we, ought, we ought to be show-offs. We, we ought to be so thankful that God has called us out of darkness and delivered us. We ought, to be, we ought to be just, I don't know if it's a word I can say biblically arrogant, but we ought, to be, we ought to be so thankful for what God has done that we ought to want to tell somebody. Amen. Okay? We ought to sing the loudest. We ought to praise him the hardest because he's done so much for us. He's done so much for us. He has been good to us. And, 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 and he commands that. Here's a story. Here's a story. Y'all know this story. In, in Luke chapter 8. I'm going to read some of this. I'm not going to get real far today. I, I just put a, lot, put a lot of notes together. If I get to a couple of these points, I'm going to be fine. But here's, here's a story. Y'all familiar with it? Watch this. Because God wants us to praise him. He wants us to acknowledge him publicly. Now, I'm not going to say, I think the, the young man is an outstanding citizen, a good guy, but you better get God some glory. Uh-huh. Amen. You better get God some glory. Amen. Okay? And you got, you got a rough road ahead of you. But here's Jesus now. Here's Jesus. He says, in a woman, verse 43 of Luke 8, in a, in a woman having an issue, an issue of blood for, for, for 12 years, which has spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stank or stopped. Okay? She got what she wanted from the Lord. She got, she got delivered from her issue. And we've all been there. We've all touched the hem of his guard. And we've been delivered from our issues. We still got some more issues. But we've been delivered from some issues. Okay? Now watch. Because she thought she was just going to get away. Sylvia, she thought she was just going to get away without giving God some praise. Let me tell you something. Jesus said, Who touched me? Not that he didn't know. He already know. He know everything. He know everything. He said, who touched me? When all denied, there's Peter right there next to him. And Peter 
and, 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 and Peter, when all denied Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus, that wasn't good enough for Jesus. And Jesus said, somebody touched me. Okay? Somebody touched me. For I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. Somebody took from me. Somebody got something from me. How many of us in here have gotten something from Jesus? Amen. We've reached out and we've touched him and he's got, we've got something from him. Okay? Jesus said, somebody touched me because power or virtue is gone out of me. <laughs> He's calling this woman out because she thought she was just going to get away. See, that's how some of us say We want to go to God, he bless us, and then we just walk away. And we never make a public testimony of his goodness. And when the woman saw that she was not his, I believe all the people might have been like, this one here, because she ain't supposed to be here. And when the woman saw that she was not here, she came trembling. What's our verse? Work out your salvation how? Fear and trembling. Just because you receive from God don't mean you're saved. Let me say that again. Just because God blesses you don't mean God saves you. You, you, God is just a good God. Okay? So when the woman saw that she was not his, she came trembling, falling down before him. She declared unto him, watch this, before all the people, for what cause she had touched him. And she was healed immediately when she made a public testimony. She made a public testimony of the goodness of God. She made a public testimony of the wonder of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God. And then watch what Jesus said to her. And he wouldn't have said it to her if she wouldn't have confessed. If she wouldn't have made a public declaration of his goodness and what he had done for her, he would not have said this. And he said unto her, daughter. How about that? Daughter. You don't know what that means when he said call her daughter? He said, now you are a child of the king. You are a child of God. Amen. Based on your testimony of who I am and what I've done for you. He said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. He came she came to Jesus by faith because she shouldn't have been in that crowd. She could have been stoned. At this. Anybody would have saw her, she could have been stoned. But by faith, she got to God. I, I like Isaiah 43. Watch what he says. We want to praise God. You ever think you got a problem praising God? You don't have a song. You don't have a song in your heart for God. And you think about all that God has done for you. Watch what Isaiah says. He said, this people, talking about God, this people have I formed for myself. Why? That they should show forth my praise. God has called us to praise him. And I, when I say praise him, I mean, I, let's do this straight. Y'all know I don't mean running around here, hopping around like you on a pogo stick. Okay? Okay? I mean, you want to praise God. You want to praise God. 
You want to shine as light in a dark place. How do we know that we are of God? I know I'm going to run this down your throat. I watched Michigan and Ohio State play yesterday, and, and, and Michigan just ran the ball. Just ran the ball and ran it down Ohio State's throat. They just ran the ball. See? Sometimes you just got to run the ball. And I'm going to run the ball because I want y'all to know. I want y'all to know that y'all saved. Okay? Okay? I think a lot of preachers are making plain. It ain't popular. Okay? It ain't popular. I don't think I'm ever going to have 10,000 members listening to talking about this kind of stuff. Okay? Here's Jude. I like Jude. Jude was Jesus' stepbrother. Watch what he says in Jude 1.3. Watch this. He said, Beloved. He come to preach. He come to the church to preach. And, 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 and what was happening, apostasy was happening. People were leaving the church. People were getting confused because their false teacher was coming in and telling them, you don't got to worship God. You ain't got to praise God. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. God loves you just the way you are. Let me tell you something. Here's something that all Christians have in common. All Christians have one thing in common. Salvation. Okay? You cannot be a Christian if you haven't been saved. Okay? Don't let nobody tell you you don't need to be saved to be a Christian. See, that's that's going around. You don't need to be saved to be a Christian. You don't need to be born again. Yes, you do. You cannot be a Christian without being saved. So you ask the person, well, I'm a Christian. Are you saved? Some of them don't even know what it means. They're just Christians. Beloved, when I came, when, when I gave all diligence to write unto you. See, there's an urgency. That word diligence means he made haste. He was, he was in a desperate mode because these are desperate times. These are desperate times. Okay. Folks leaving here. We don't know what's going on in this world. It's going crazy. I tell y'all, I'm going to tell y'all something. I'm going to tell y'all something. Them folks coming over here. Crossing the border like that, you turn on the news, they see them thousands and thousands and thousands. They're not coming over here. They're not coming over here to play. They're not coming over here to go to church. Amen. Okay? Amen. And they're going to show up in our neighborhoods. They're going to show up in our schools. They're going to show up in our stores. And, and we don't know. We don't know. We need to be paying attention. Uh-huh. Okay? Amen. Stay with me. He said, beloved, when I, gave, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation. Every Christian, common salvation. He stopped. Because he sees Christians quitting. He's seeing Christians throwing in the towels. You know, it I just amazed me how fast and how quickly the churches just shut down. Just shut down. I'm sitting here like, you know, you know, you don't know what I told y'all. When Walmart shut down, we'll shut down. Okay. Walmart, Walmart ain't bigger than God. So when Walmart shut down, if y'all the robot Walmart, anybody could call me and say, Pastor Walmart's closed. Then I said, well, church closed. Nobody called me. But 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 Jesus is saying, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, watch what he said. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. That word contend means fight. People want to, they want your salvation. They want they, if they can't. They can't take your salvation. They want you to believe that you can lose it. 
If they can't get you that, they want to take all the joy out of your life. So, so they can say, well, you know what? If God was really God, you wouldn't be going through what you're going through. Listen, let me tell you something. You're going to fight all the way to glory. Okay? Let me say that again. You're going to fight all the way to glory. What's our verse in, in 1 Peter? Listen, if the righteous scarcely be saved, what hope does the unbeliever have? Listen, Peter, Paul, I, 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 you know, yeah, Jake and them was getting on me yesterday about Paul. You know, he goes to, I talk about Paul. And, I, and when I, once I meet Jesus, when I get to heaven, once I meet Jesus, I want to know where Paul's at. God, I want to talk to him. Okay, I just want to give him a hug. Paul, I love you. Thank you for all that you wrote because I got ripped on when I was down there because I preached about you all the time. Okay, so, so, so here, Paul, and, 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 and I, just, I just think it makes sense. I don't think we suffer enough. I don't think we suffer enough as, as a Christian. And let me tell you why we don't suffer enough. I'm going to tell you why we don't suffer enough because we're not godly enough. Wow, Pastor, that's not nice. Is this truth? No, it's true because Scripture says it's true. We're not godly enough. The church isn't godly enough. The church is purposely not godly enough because it don't want no smoke. It don't want no persecution. Okay? And I know that's true because I get on, I get on social media and homosexuals get on there and, and just rip me to pieces. Well, God, you know, you're a hypocrite. You know, you think uh, uh, God don't care. God uh, going to take me just as I am. Uh -oh. uh, that's not biblical. Well, you need to know the Hebrew and the Greek. I don't need to know the Hebrew and the Greek other than Greek yogurt, which I like with the fruit on the bottom. <laughs> to know that you're not getting in. Amen. Without Amen. changing. Amen. Okay? And we, not, and we don't want persecution. So we don't tell our people that we come into our contact that we know LGBT or whatever. Listen, you need to change because you're going to go to hell. Well, you, you, if you do that, then you ain't gonna, you're going to get some persecution. And I know we're not getting enough persecution. We ought to look for it. We ought to look, but Jesus said, blessed are the persecuted. What do you mean by that? What did he mean, blessed are the persecuted? He means, blessed are folks that tell the truth. In a perverse world. Amen. And you may not get your blessing down here. You may get a black eye. Okay. Amen. Yea. And all that will live godly in Christ Jesus. Shall suffer persecution. So. Either the Bible is wrong or you wrong. But you need some persecution. Persecution authenticates who you are, Christ. Persecution lets you know, you know what? I must be on the right road because I'm getting some heat. Okay? And if you're not suffering persecution, let me give you this. Let me give you this. Watch this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Taking up the cross, taking up the cross means you you inviting persecution. Okay? But let me read it. Let me read Dr. Luke's version of it in Luke 9.23. Watch, watch what he says. Because some folks will say, well, I got my cross. You know. 
I bring it out when I want to. Luke says this. And he said unto them, saying, Luke and, Luke, and, Luke and Matthew, probably at the same place where Jesus said it, but Matthew took it a little different. He wrote it a little different. Doesn't make, doesn't make what Matthew wrote wrong, but a doctor always going to explain something maybe a little different than a lay person or our tax collector. Luke says, and he said unto them, if any man come after me, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Here we go. And take up his cross daily and follow me. There ain't no breaks in this. You will serve to God 24-7. Every day. Every day. Well, I'm moving. I'm moving right along here. Okay. Let me, let me, let me, let me skip over to this verse. Remember I said if you are a child of God, how do we know that we, we are of God? Let me tell you something. You're going to have an appetite for the word of God. You're going to have an appetite for the word of God. It's going, it's, you, you, you're not going to have a real appetite for a lot of things, but you're going to have an appetite for the word of God. Amen. Okay? Listen. Ask yourself. How's your appetite? How's your appetite for the word of God? How's your, how's your appetite? How's your desire to, to be among God's people? You like being around God's people. You like being in a, in a room where there are people that love the Lord and, and you can share uh, the scriptures and talk about the things of God. You know, I, 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 was, I felt so good yesterday. Just a wonderful day. Just a wonderful day sitting there with Dave and Jake. Like, just like, you know, just talking about the things of God, talking about the Bible. I, I was just cool. Wednesday night I come in here with you guys, you know. Sylvia don't show up, you know. We just just ain't the same. Margaret don't show up, but they don't miss. They don't. I don't think neither one of them miss very, very, very rarely. But we have a good time. Amen. Sharing and talking about the things of God, laughing and learning and growing and getting stronger and stronger. And I see it. I see it. Here's here's Paul. <laughs> I see. You go. They got me paranoid. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to one of these tapes. Because that's, that's how Dave is. He's like, yeah, Paul. He's, there's, there's Paul, there's Paul, here's Paul. Forget you, David, because I know you're gonna listen to this. Acts 20, 26. Watch this. Because you gotta have an appetite. See, the world has an appetite for a perverse message. They got an appetite for a perverted message. Okay? Paul do that. And he's on his way to Rome. He know he ain't coming back. Because somebody already promised that Paul, you ain't coming back. Here's what's going to happen. They're going to, they're going to tie you up and cut your head off. So he's giving final instructions to the people he's leaving behind him to carry on his work. So in Acts 20, 26, he says this, and I'm going to close with this. He said, wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. Nobody was going to say Paul didn't preach it. The people, Paul, Paul was making a, a declaration before God, and he said, I am pure from the blood of all men. Meaning I preached the gospel to them folks. I gave it to them every time I had a chance. I didn't hold nothing back. I gave, I did the very best I could do in teaching them. Watch what he said in verse 27. Stay with me. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. I fed you the very best of the word of God. Amen. 
Now he changes and starts talking to those folks that were going to take his place. It would, be, it would be like me leaving, not coming back. And now I'm giving a charge to Deacon Jeremy saying, now it's on you. He says, verse 28, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock which over which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers. Okay. Overseer would be an elder, a pastor, a minister. But watch what he says next. This is not a suggestion. Feed. He says, feed the church of God. Feed them. We, no, you know what? You know what? You, you know, I, I sit here and watch. I watch how people eat. I watch everything. Amen. Noodles and fast foods and microwave foods and burgers and I just call it bar food. Wings and pizza. I know people eat wings and pizza every day. Wings and pizza every day. Bar food every day. Tacos every Tuesday. <laughs> And that's, that's, not, that's a bad appetite. That's not a good appetite. Okay? What did we do before microwaves? I don't remember having a microwave when I was coming up. I'm not, you know, I know Jackie, you and Jake Kelvin had microwaves all your life, but I don't remember having a, a microwave in 1965. <laughs> 75 either? When did the microwaves come out? See, I have to look it up. In the 80s. Here's my point. The true church of God will have an appetite for the word of God. Okay? He says, feed the church of God which he had purchased with his own blood. Then he says something dramatic on verse 29. Paul was Paul was a, 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 an apostle called of God, called by Jesus Christ and of God. Okay, not like these guys today. Okay, not like the ten thousand apostles on Facebook, and not like the ones on the east side and the ones in Cleveland. No, he wasn't that kind of apostle. He was an apostle called of God, and, and he he had the, the the gift of prophecy. Mm-hmm. Okay, the true gift. He says in verse 29, watch, for I know this. Paul said, for I know this. Know this. That after my departing shall grievous, grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Know what he's going to do? He's going to come in to the church and preach garbage. Preach junk. And you know what? In every church, there's a group of people within the church that like junk, that like garbage. Okay? Know why? Because garbage don't call you out. Garbage don't test you. It don't challenge you. It don't confront your errors. It don't. It just make everybody happy. Okay? Okay? He says, verse 30, also of your own self shall man arise. Watch this. Speaking perverse things. This is the Bible. We live in a time where men are speaking right now perverse things. You know what perverse things are? 
unbiblical stuff, unbiblical things, worldly, flashy messages, okay? Messages that don't give God glory. That's, that should be the greatest fear of anybody that's called to be a Christian or a man of God or a deacon or someone who even prays or a leader in the church. You want to give God glory. You want to give God glory. Let me give you last one. I said the last one was the last one, but here I'm all I'm all there. I'm all there. Jackie's here. She ain't been here in a while, so I'll give her sixty minutes of what I do on Sundays, just a reminder. <laughs> okay, Jackie said, uh, "Public worship of God is commanded by the Word of God. Public worship. Mm-hmm. Public worship. See, we don't, we don't like to hear. Can you imagine?" Can you imagine David, Paul, James, John, Joshua, Mary, Ruth, Naomi, Sarah, Hannah, every chance they had to give God glory. Can you imagine them being on 60 Minutes? Can you imagine one of them being on CNN? And, and, and how long could David talk? How long could Paul talk? How long could Peter talk? How long could John talk? How long could Mary or Naomi or Hannah talk without giving God glory? Think about that. Put a microphone in front of their face and say, can you just talk to us for a little bit? How long do you think they could talk before they said, all glory to God? Zero minutes. I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm going to go with it. Zero minutes. Okay? So, So when I look at David, and I, I look at David. We, we know this for Psalm 122. Listen, when I look at David, and, 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 and he, he's writing here, and I'm going to read four or five verses of it. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Okay? Let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within the gates of Jerusalem. Our feet shall stand. I understand united. These are people who came on one accord to stand within the gate. They, had, they didn't sit down when they, when they worshiped God back then. They would stand and hear the word of God. Then he says in verse 3, Jerusalem. He says, Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. Close-knit. Close-knit folks. Okay? Close-knit folks. They all believe the same thing. And he says, whether, verse 4, whether the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto a testimony of Israel to give thanks unto the Lord. Let me explain verse number 4, because I think it's, it's the most important verse in that. He says, he says, whether the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. And what are they going into the house of God for? Not to be entertained. Not to be entertained. Watch. Unto the testimony of Israel. Meaning they come to hear the goodness of God. They come to hear a testimony talking about God's goodness. And then the second part of it, watch what it says. To give thanks unto the name of the Lord. That's what we come here for. We come here to hear the testimony of the Lord, whether if we hear it in prayer, whether we hear it in, in, in the response of reading, whether we hear it in, in the reading of the Bible, and we hear it in the preaching, when we come to hear the testimony of the Lord. And then he says, and to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. I like, I like Psalms 107. Y'all know this one. He says, oh, give thanks. Unto the Lord, 
For he is good and his mercy endureth forever. Forever. Amen. Amen. God is good and his mercy endureth forever. Let's pray. Precious Lord, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this people. Matter of fact, thank you for every church, Father God. Thank you for every church that has, is standing for you and preaching the word of God with boldness and clarity and with desperation in these difficult times. Father God, we need a powerful church this day. We need our church leaders to speak the word of God with boldness. Father God, we thank you for everyone, Father God, whether they're listening on Facebook or here on Sermon Audio later, we ask that they, that they would cry out to you for mercy and thanksgiving. Father God, thank you for everything you've done. We pray continually right now for our brother and the loss of his mom. Father God, we pray that you continue to give them strength and to keep them strong in the faith, Father God. Yes, Father God, thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen.